Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hailing from the Garrettscape, welcome one and all to Masters of the Media. In a land of pop culture podcasts, I, filmmaker Garrett Briones, and my quote-unquote co-host Jack Watson look at the why of the stories we love and figure out why they connect with us. The show is all about loving the media you love and appreciating the underappreciated. It's a celebration of storytelling and also two pals making each other laugh at random impressions and the silliest things you can imagine. You can find Masters in the Media on all your favorite podcatchers and right here on the Geekscape Network. We hope to see you all on the Garrettscape. lots of cool things if we were rich. One of those things would be to give the whole world a free subscription to the One Hit Thunder Patreon. Unfortunately, we're not able to do that yet, but we did let our Patreon supporters vote on which song they wanted to hear us discuss. They chose Callaway's I Wanna Be Rich, which somehow producer Matt Kelly had never heard before. We discuss it all this episode, including what rock baby Matt was living under to not know this joyous 1989 hit. Stay tuned for a little love, peace and happiness. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed and you can live off royalties Just a wonder, or is it one hit 
You want to be rich? Obviously, Chris, yeah. who wouldn't want to be rich? I think it's funny how there are different definitions of rich. For example, for me, being rich would be having no credit card debt, being able to go out and eat at a restaurant anytime I want to without stressing about it, <laughs> and you know, not stressing about my bills. I would feel like I was rich. I got to experience what felt like being rich when I was at my last job, and now I'm experiencing what it's like to not be rich now that I don't have that job mm -hmm. because I had a solid five years where... I didn't have to check my bank account every time I wanted to make any wow. type of purchase. And now that is no longer the case. Every If I'm about to go grocery shopping for food that I definitely need to survive, mm -hmm. I still have to log on to my, my banking app and just see like, where am I at right now? Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, groceries, it sucks to go. I mean, every time I go grocery shopping, it's about 180 or $200. Jesus. Well, well, you do have pets, which I don't have, and pets can become expensive on food costs, but I spend 100 a month. Wow. Okay. Well, I try to get like three weeks of groceries at the time, and yes, I do have pets, and probably yeah. $50 of that is pet is food. Is right there. Yeah. And yeah, but I know that it's going to save me because you can easily spend 20 or $30 if you're eating out some somewhere. And I, I rarely do that. But I have some things written down that if I were rich, I would do that probably a lot of people listening to this are like, what? You can't do those things? I'm like, well, not yet, but I hope to one day. One of those, Matt, would be to always pick up the check when you go out to eat with friends and family. Wouldn't that be nice? Again, previous job, I was able to treat my family to dinner at least once every vacation that we went on for those seven years. And it was cool. It was cool to be like, yeah. I got this one, parents. I'm okay. Right. <laughs> Next on my list is I would get at least three or four different pairs of Nike Air Maxes, which are the only kinds of shoes I wear. I would like to have like three or four different pairs and decide which pair I'm going to wear each day. I think that would be neat. I'd also like to get an expensive pair of sweatpants that are advertised to me on Instagram. For some reason, all these sweatpants ads are targeted towards me on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm always like, damn, those are nice. And then I click on it. It's like, those are $118 for some reason. But if I was rich, I would buy exactly one pair of them also i would mm. say no to things i don't want to do i'd be like no i don't want to do that piece of work that someone's going to pay me to do because i don't want to do it because i have enough money that i don't have to do it also i would hire a cleaning person to come to my house once a week and do some cleaning because a it's hard to keep up with cleaning and b you are then in turn giving someone else money you're 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 helping someone else out it's not like i think i should have like a butler or something but i think having a cleaning person would be nice don't you yeah and, and i mean i guess it it also comes down to the simple fact that like cleaning is an is a thing like i don't mind cleaning i kind of enjoy cleaning to a certain extent but like my version of cleaning isn't what cleaning is supposed to be like right. my parents my mom had like cleaning days where it was like mm -hmm. oh it's Sunday. I'm going to clean this house from floor from ceiling to basement and make sure that like the floors are mopped and spotless and like all that good jazz. For me, cleaning is like I walk into the bathroom and say, "Oh, this could probably use a quick wipe down and like grab the all-purpose spray and just yeah. like make the bathroom look nice." Right. Because to do what my mom does, 
you and I are still at a point where every hour that we're not doing the work that we're getting paid for is an hour that we're not making money. So so it's like to give the house the cleaning that I'd like to give the house, I'd have to be like, I'm okay with not doing anything that's going to make sure that I pay my bills this week. Right. As you've already brought up, Matt, I do have two cats and a dog and trying to keep up with cleaning. It's hard. Yeah. my last thing on my list of things I would do if I was rich, which I, I think my list of things to, to do if I were rich are very like very manageable so far. Yeah, yeah, very manageable. <laughs> These are things that you could do if you're completely at middle class and not living in poverty. But my last thing was I would have a lot more cats. I would be like a very <laughs> Freddie Mercury type where my cats would have their own rooms. Maybe I would. I don't know. I feel like I would take care of a lot of cats if all I had to do in life was take care of cats. So, uh, so that's that's where I'm at. I don't have. I don't need a yacht. I don't need a private jet. I don't need elaborate vacations. I just basically want an expensive pair of sweatpants, a couple pairs of shoes, and a couple cat, couple more cats. That's so. Mine. I I don't consider myself someone who has many lavish dreams, but apparently my getting rich goals are still a little bit higher than even yours. Obviously. <laughs> I need a new car. That would be pretty mm-hmm. high on the getting. I mean, that might have to happen before I'm rich at the pace that things are going with my current car. For whatever reason, I've always wanted a nice mountain house. Like I just wanted a nice mountain house away from everybody where I could just like go away for a weekend or like bring Ooh. a bunch of people up for like a weekend like party yeah. sesh or whatever. I would also want to pay one of my friends, doesn't matter who, but one of my friends in LA a set amount of money a month for them to just keep a guest room open for me for whenever I have to go to LA for anything. Gotcha. <laughs> those would be those would be my biggest my my three biggest like I'm rich now flexes is Mountain House paying a couple hundred dollars to a friend to keep a guest room open for me at their house and buying a new car. <laughs> I'm gonna add Mountain House to mine too. <laughs> I think I it's like cool. And I think that that's like and here's the thing. I don't even need it to be my mountain house. Like, all things considered, Chris, if we really want it to, me, you, the rest of the guys in Punchline and Jim could feasibly be like, hey, let's just all put like $200 aside to like have a mountain house that any of us could go to at any given point, And it'd actually be sustainable. But I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for having $200 that I have to spend every month. But like, I know plenty of people who've done that where it's like them and like three other families all just buy a house together that they're like, now we can just use this whenever we want to. And they just have like a little calendar where it's like, oh, it's my weekend to take the mountain house. I want my own mountain house. You could split the mountain house with a bunch of people. I want my <laughs> I want my own mountain house. And it goes without saying that I would love to be able to donate money to people that need it and organizations That's, that need it. I, I mean, you, I know you would be the same. No, and, it, and we're talking about the the luxurious aspects of being rich. Obviously, I have a set amount of money that I feel comfortable making, living a happy life. And if I can continue to go beyond that point, it's like, how much of this can I put to this? Or what we already kind of do with most of our stuff anyway is like, you know, we've done a couple live podcast things and it's always been for charity. Like whatever we can put the stupid skill sets that we've developed for ourselves to helping another good cause by doing it. Like, absolutely. Hit us up. If you have a charity that's doing a live stream and you want a podcast on it to help raise money for some good cause, we'll, we'll probably do it if we're free. And that brings us to today's song. I yes. want to be rich by Callaway. <laughs> that long introduction. Which again, this is where like 
our age difference isn't that great, but it's great enough that there are songs that have never existed in my life until you've introduced them to me. And this was one of them. I did not know this song until this morning when I listened to it. What? Yeah. I was four and a half when this song was at its peak. Yeah, but I feel like four and a half year olds would love this song. Yeah, but I was a four and a half year old who pretty much just listened to his parents' Meatloaf and and Bruce Springsteen cassette tapes at that time. So okay, I didn't discover new music existing until when I come around four years later. <laughs> I don't think MTV was playing this on their like '90s throwback time in 1994, 1995. I feel like there was a a very big cap on this song being kind of in the the public eye. <laughs> well, okay. Well, what's your impression of this song having just heard it today? Then. Uh, first of all, very clear a Chris pick. Chris, you have always been way more into like the soul R&B side of things than I am, but it was a good ass song. I was like, this is a good, good jam. I was having a good time with it. I know why you like it. I enjoy it too. I don't know. So like you also introduced chocolate rain or chocolate rain, candy rain into my, into my life on this show. And candy rain has stayed in rotation. Like that is like now on a Mm. lot of spotify mixes not sure if i want to be rich is going to have the same fate and the only reason the only reason why is because like i heard that chorus to candy rain and i could not get that chorus out of my head i genuinely am trying to remember what the chorus do i want to be rich is and i listen to it like two hours okay you know what i'll listen to it a couple more times we'll throw it back i'll see how it survives in the uh in the spotify playlists matt i would be willing to bet that a majority of the people listening to this think that you're the crazy one for not knowing this song. <laughs> oh, it came in second place behind Sinead O'Connor. I know that I'm crazy for not knowing <laughs> this song. Have there ever been two songs more different next to each other <laughs> at number one and number two than Callaway's I Want to Be Rich and Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You? I don't know if you could get two completely different songs so there's something that's there's a lot of weird symmetry that's happening between this week and last week i think with with this as well because callaway also kind of called it quits after their second album because the the hits had kind of dried up but the difference that i'm seeing when i was doing research with callaway that i think is worth getting into is twofold one they immediately were like all right the solo career, like the their two brothers, they're like, hey, our, our career as like a, a brotherly duo seems to be running dry. Let's get back to doing the production work that we were already doing before we did this this side project. And B, that they already were massively popular for a band that they had formed in the 80s. <laughs> and this was kind of just like a weird side project for them. They were? So they were they had formed a synth funk band called Midnight Star and they were like instrumental in this band for like a multi-platinum selling album called No Parking on the Dance Floor which has kind of gone on to be considered like one of the most important albums in the realm of funk music. Like wow. they were like really well established musicians before they okay. went solo with this kind of more R&B sound. And that was like them in college. They they grew up in a fully musical family from the research that I did. Like they had an uncle who was a keyboard player. They had a, a dad who played guitar. I think it said that their mom was an opera singer. Like they grew up in a home filled with music. And I like to imagine, I think of my my parent, my mom specifically, kind of grew up in a similar vibe. My mom's a singer. She's one of six kids 
every one of those kids is a musician. My grandfather was a musician. My grandmother sings. And like the stories that she would tell me was like, yeah, every like we would just like grab instruments and go into the basement where like my grandfather had built a little recording studio and they would just like play. They would sit by the instruments that they felt the most comfortable being able to play and they would just have like little family jam sessions <laughs> and just do songs together. So I think that when you live in one of those families where everyone's kind of got that musical talent and it's like just part of your family day to day, it's not shocking that maybe music becomes like a direction that you decide to take <laughs> your life when you get older. Yeah. So Callaway this was sort of just another little project for them. This yeah. wasn't necessarily, it, it was cool that they got a hit from it, but it wasn't everything to them. That's a, they, whole, that's a whole different thing than B.B. Mac, I think. I think so too. And I think that like, I mean, they're writing about I Want to Be Rich and I'm sure that there's not a ton of money in the production work that they were particularly doing because it was very like, you know, they were working on like Natalie Cole records, which like, you know, my mom had a Natalie Cole record because she loved Nat King Cole, but Natalie Cole wasn't exactly burning up the charts. So I don't think that they were, you know, necessarily rich, but I think if the Callaway Project didn't have a hit song, I think that these two brothers would have been perfectly fine still in their lives. Yeah. Okay. Well, also from the lyrics of this song, it sounds... Like, who are the members? One is Reginald Calloway, and the other, and his brother's name is, I don't know. But they are an R&B duo from Cincinnati. Yes, they are the Calloway brothers. And it sounds like from the lyrics of this song, their definition of being rich is kind of similar to what we discussed at the beginning. Because when you read these lyrics, it's like, big bill collectors, they ring my phone, they bother me when I'm not at home, ain't got no time to be fooling around. Feet hit the floor, then I get on down. They just want to pay their bills. They yeah. would feel rich if they paid their bills. You see, I want money, lots and lots of money. I want the pie in the sky. I want lots and lots of money, so don't be asking me why. I want to be rich for a little love, peace, and happiness. They also want love, peace, and happiness, Matt, just like we do. Yeah. They don't want yachts. What they want, as they discuss in the next verse, I want my cake, want to eat it too. I want the stars and the silver moon. Okay, that's going That's going a little further. I spend my money on lottery. My favorite number is one, two, three, which I could think of, you know, I, one, two, three has just as good a chance of hitting as any other number. Yeah, it's a, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the same odds. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. 
I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. And so, it's Vincent yeah. Calloway. Just wanted to let you know. Oh, Vince, Vincent. Vincent. Vincent and Reginald Calloway are the Calloway brothers. What a regal name Reginald is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vincent Calloway, Reginald Calloway. These are great names. Great names, especially for the world of funk, I could imagine. I haven't yeah. heard their their successful funk group, but maybe I should have. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of curious to check it out because I do enjoy some funk music. I was thinking mm-hmm. about this the other day. Do you remember the movie The New Guy? With yes. uh, and his whole thing was that him and Zoe Deschanel, very young before she was famous, Zoe Deschanel had a funk band. <laughs> they were a high school funk band, and I remember that being an early introduction to funk music into my life. That in PCU with some George Clinton performances, but like mm-hmm. I have never heard a funk song that I disliked. I don't seek it out often enough, but like you play me a funk song, I'm probably gonna be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I love funk. Get the, the funkier the better as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, especially you're you're a bass man and like mm-hmm. there are a few genres that spend the real time to highlight a good ass bass line like funk music yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. As you know, I am a bass man and <laughs> I do I do enjoy some funk. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well check out weknowpodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. What was surprising to me is, okay, so the the Callaway brothers, who were known primarily from the world of funk, and then, you know, <laughs> when you we'll get into deeper into the Callaway catalog <laughs> in a minute here, but this song is just total bubblegum pop yeah it's very much a pop song and i don't know maybe there's elements of funk here i guess and and soul and r&b but more than anything this is a pop song it's i would say that the closest it comes to even being in that funk world is that like it's a pop song that i don't think is too many steps removed from like a new jack swing it's i wouldn't classify this as new jack swing but i like if you told me that they played with some new jack swing artists i'd be like yeah i could see like the connectivity there and i feel like new jack swing has a little bit of a funk influence into its style i i found that the fact that they were part of apparently a very important funk band from the late 70s early 80s to be quite shocking to me <laughs> actually I really like the meta aspect of this song, meaning that these guys wrote a song called I Want to Be Rich, 
And because of writing a song called I Want to Be Rich, I'd have to imagine that they got pretty rich considering this song was a hit song. I think that's pretty cool. Like, it'd be like me writing a song like, I want more cats. Yeah, (laughs) I want more cats. And then because I wrote that song, I want more cats. I made lots of money and got a bunch more cats. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess, would be. The, the way the way to to talk about that i think that was really cool for how much i've always loved this song i loved this song when i was a kid still love this song now for as much as i do i never dug deeper into their catalog and boy oh boy was i surprised to find out how sensual callaway is just a I, bit yeah <laughs> i was not expecting that and matt i gave matt a heads up beforehand i'm like you're gonna have to put a clip in <laughs> to the episode because Callaway has a song called let's get smooth and let's get smooth is the funniest possible song that I could imagine putting on when you invite a date back to your place for a nightcap. I can't imagine walking in the door and hitting play on this song. I mean, with lyrics like, this night is for pleasure, come on girl, I'll take you home and keep you warm, I can't imagine what someone would think if you walked in the door and put this song on. It is so sexy and sensual and completely written for the scenario of bringing a date back and wanting to make love. It the is- perfect the perfect scenario is is if you're on the houseboat owned by Leon Phelps the ladies man. Yes, sure. <laughs> it is so not even remotely subtle in the intentions no. of the song. <laughs> like, no. I did not expect Callaway to be this damn sexy. They also have another <laughs> song called I Desire You which is even just as much works in that way. I was just not expecting this. I was expecting upbeat party songs about wanting things that you don't have which okay i guess this fits in (laughs) in that category of wanting things you don't have at that moment but uh, i wasn't expecting them to be so sexual and uh frankly i was impressed yeah i'm glad that this was introduced into my life that's that's for damn sure (laughs) so so let me obviously you know the first time i heard this song was today because you had picked it for us to talk about well the patreon voted on it but you had thrown it up as an option um, what was your first experience hearing this song? Was this something you found on MTV, the radio? Like Definitely MTV. Definitely loved it from MTV. <laughs> Definitely. I, I would say there's a good chance I had the cassette single of this song. Um, right. But it's just it's just feel good. The instrumentation of it, the 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 uh, bell sounding synth, the dun 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 dun, just makes you feel good. Oh, yeah. It's just. Those smooth vocals, the, I mean, I'm sure at the time I wanted to be rich. I wonder what being rich to me at that time was like, what I, I probably would have wanted a lot of baseball and hockey cards at the time and a lot of video games, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm trying, let's see. Well, I I can't imagine 1990 what I wanted to be rich, but if you're saying that you were maybe like 10-ish, like we'll go in that like 10 year old range. I feel like my version of being rich <laughs> at 10 years old was a never having to go to work because I saw how miserable it made my parents. So I would just get to hang out and watch cartoons all day long. 
and probably a lot of comic books, a lot of a lot of big slam Pepsi. If you remember those like borderline one liter bottles of soda that they just freely sold children in the nineties, mm-hmm, right? Probably you said baseball cards. I would have been like all of the Marvel or movie tie-in trading cards, like when they would do like Dick Tracy trading cards. Oh yeah. And, and every Star Wars toy. I, I would be trying to get all the Star Wars and Ninja Turtles toys that I could get my hands on. And I think a lot of like, again, like very 90-centric junk foods, like Dorito, 3D Doritos was my, my was my jam when I was 10. So probably like a lifetime supply of 3D Doritos would have been something I wanted if I was rich. Right. I think every kid, for one reason or another, wants a mansion. I don't know where where that comes from, but my mansion would probably have an ice rink in it. I was obsessed with hockey, and I'd imagine there would also be a part where you could, like, ride dirt bikes off of jumps. (laughs) Well, that That, was like, we're we're talking about, I mean, this is a couple years removed from, from this song, but, like, for me, when I was nine was the prime time of when both Blank Check and Richie Rich dropped, which are, like, prime examples of what a, a elementary school kid imagines having a lot of money being which is just like like you said a mansion filled with everything a kid could pa- like basically like the foot clan's lair in the first teenage mutant ninja turtles movie where it's just like arcade skateboard ramps <laughs> like uh, yeah i i think that maybe it was sort of like a uh, more elaborate version of peewee's playhouse yes. is what i would imagine having <laughs> Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, God, Pee Wee's Playhouse was dope. I, I still, if you gave me the option, and it's like, look, for one year you can live in Pee Wee's Playhouse, I would take it. I would take it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think I probably would too. Pee Wee's Playhouse was the dream house, <laughs> and that, and just to be able to to leave your house and launch off that ramp onto that <laughs> on on what was Pee. I'm trying to remember. Was Pee Wee? I mean, I know in Pee Wee's Big Adventure he rode a bike, but from his house. It was usually like a scooter or something. Scooter, yeah. It was a scooter. Right, right. Yeah, that was sick, man. (laughs) All those, everything in the house talking. Flory was talking. uh, The Cherry, Randy would drop by and be a little dickhead. (laughs) Randy had to come in and be a dick for a while, which is fine. Terry being a little sweet pterodactyl. You had uh, a sweet little jazz band hanging out over your fireplace sometimes. Jombie. Jombie <laughs> stopping by. What What did Jombie? Did Jombie stop by and like give you a wish? Yeah, you got a wish every day. Holy shit. A wish a day. Yeah, if I was a kid and I was rich, there'd be a penny cartoon every day. <laughs> but honestly, if you had a Jombie, you don't even really need to be rich all you need is a zombie right yeah that's wish number one yeah <laughs> i want to be rich zombie <laughs> mecca lecca high mecca honey ho chris <laughs> also matt keep in mind that i don't know what years peewee's playhouse ran exactly but i do believe that it was probably on in 1990 when this song was a hit like these yeah. two things existed together which yep, is pretty no, there awesome. was overlap. I, I feel like that show started in 89, so there was definitely overlap. Okay. Uh, perfect. I mean, that's that's crazy. But it's kind I'm of at, yeah. it's kind of weird. There was for for like a group of two brothers who like had their hands in so many different projects between this funk band and then this like duo that they did that had this big hit and then like doing all this production work. 
I don't know about your research, but there was not a lot of information out there about what's going on in the worlds of Vincent and Reginald. Yeah, I just know that they are easily my favorite R&B duo from Cincinnati ever. Well, there you go. I do know that I'm adding a Pee Wee's Playhouse to my what I want if I ever get rich, which <laughs> just I just made me have to get a lot richer than uh, than than a pair of expensive sweatpants and a couple more cats. <laughs> and I I love this song, man. I think this is a great song. I think that we're gonna take this episode and you and I <laughs> you and I are gonna sit down and rewrite Bare Naked Ladies if I had a million dollars to just have all of the things that we put on our list of if we were rich. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'd buy you some cats. Yeah, I would do a lot of stuff for cats <laughs> if I was yeah. super rich. I cannot wait to try putting on the uh, Callaway song, Let's Get Smooth, in my next romantic <laughs> situation. Uh, and see I call your girlfriend kind of, over tonight and see how it yeah, goes. <laughs> I cannot I. Cannot wait to see how she reacts when I put this song on. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I'm, I'm throwing this out there right now. Hey, Patreon, first of all, thank you. You voted for this one. Uh, I think the, the Patreon bonus episode for this needs to be songs that we would play in a if we were having a, a lady guest. Oh, okay. <laughs> Our favorite... Songs of seduction. Yes, yeah, songs of seduction. So, so, songs that I know everyone wants to know. Chris Valley's and Matt Kelly's <laughs> songs of seduction. They can't wait to get our uh, Apple Music playlist. Uh, Chris and Matt's songs of seduction playlist. We'll, oh, we'll get that God. together for you. But yeah, so Chris, I enjoyed this song. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. Like I said, Candy Rain was definitely, that was something special. That was something that really hit me when I when I heard that bad boy. So I'm curious what I think it's obvious, right? You're you're giving this the thunder, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is abs <laughs> this is thunderous. This is pure lightning, as I'm sure that ninety nine percent of the listeners right now are going to agree. This is absolute thunder. I don't even care about the rest of their catalog. I was delighted to find out that the rest of their catalog is very sensual and very great for lovemaking, but it doesn't even matter. This song is so important in my, I mean, it's one of those songs that has played in my head since I was a kid. It's an amazing song. And (laughs) I know I give a lot of artists a hard time about like not following up their hit, not putting out another album. Doesn't even matter to me with this one. This is an absolute jam. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm going to agree with you. I'm not gonna give it the the boisterous like, oh, it's the the skies have gotten black because You're there's so much dick. thunder coming down. <laughs> You're but, a dick. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna give it a blunder. It's a good ass song. I actually am way more interested in checking out this Midnight Star side project that they yeah. or uh, original project because that seems like that's right up my alley. No, no parking on the dance floor. Are you kidding me? That's the name of an album. That's a great fucking album it title, is. and it's it's a, an important lesson to follow as well. <laughs> yeah, don't don't go out on the dance floor and then not move. If you're going yeah. out there, fucking, you're shaking your ass. That's that's what's about to happen. That's true. I'm gonna take you to Nakama. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Lefalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing everything I wanted off the Punchline EP, So Nice to Meet You. 
Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and upcoming news. Do you want to start a podcast? Contact Chris and myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. Hey, One Hit Thunder host Chris Fafali is here. You may have heard me talk about my band Punchline before. Maybe you already know us, or maybe you're hearing about us for the first time right now. It doesn't matter. No matter what your relationship with Punchline is, I will absolutely guarantee that you'll love our new podcast, A Band Called Punchline. Starting with our humble beginnings in a small town in southwestern Pennsylvania in 1997, we're telling the hilarious, strange, and hopefully inspiring story of the 25-plus years of our band in the most honest way possible, podcast style. A Band Called Punchline is an audio documentary available now wherever you get your pods, so subscribe and let me and my friends share a wild, entertaining, unique, and wonderful tale of music and perseverance unlike any other that's still being written today. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.